Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Talk here at SG Taurus, powered by Ferguson. I'm your host, Matt LePan. We are continuing our monthly conversations with Contractor University and EGIA. And to do so, we're going to welcome back a good friend of the podcast. It is Weldon Long. Weldon, we love having you on here for our monthly chats. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time again. I appreciate it, Matt. It's always great to see you and chat with you. So uh, thanks for having me. And just a reminder to folks out there, we're walking through the different learning modules that you can find on Contractor University. There's so many different modules you can find, so many good things to learn about. Make sure you go on there and sign up for an account and you can get all these different learning opportunities. But Weldon and I are kind of walking through going monthly. Today, we're talking setting up your books to create success. And Weldon, we already talked a little bit on this when we spoke on operations last month. But setting up your books and automating your books has become arguably the most important thing a business owner can do in the HVAC space because of how complex things have gotten, correct? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. When somebody is setting up their books, we know, like I said, there's so many things that can go wrong. But what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen in being out there, whether it's in your own business or helping other business owners in setting up their books and setting up their systems in order to be, you know, as efficient as they can be? No, great question. And you're right. It is super, super important. You know, I come from the sales and marketing side of our industry, but having owned half a dozen of my own companies, obviously I was forced to learn the financial side. And as I've consulted with other companies and with my own companies, the biggest mistake, there's, it's kind of twofold. Number one, the biggest mistake is not properly departmentalizing uh, your financials, mm -hmm. right? Everything's just in one big bucket of money. So the, the first really important thing we have to do, and we can talk about how to do that, is to organize the, the, the financials, the P&L, according to departments, or as in QuickBooks, they're called uh, classes. But the second part that is a really big problem, when I've seen companies actually do the, do the work, as Gary Alex would say, chop the wood, and get them set up properly, it's then not monitoring the accuracy of the data coming in and things get miscategorized or misclassed, and you still have a big jumbled mix. And it's even worse because now you think you have accurate information, but something in install got attributed to service, something in HVAC service got attributed to plumbing warranty. And so you got a big jumbled mess and you think you have something you can count on. Uh, so that's a big problem too. But the first step, the most important thing is to get those financials departmentalized. So you can see every element of your business as a separate business entity. It each has its own cost of goods, its own gross profit, it has to carry its percentage and some portion of overhead. And so you can truly see how each department is performing, right? If it's all in one big jumbled mess, you just, you might've made money, you might've lost money, but you don't know where, you don't know why. And we can talk about some of the challenges I've seen with contractors, you know, who have things miscategorized or they might have something that should be in cost of goods down in overhead or vice versa, but getting a clean set of books it's like getting a report card in your business every single month when it's done properly. And you know exactly where the problems are, exactly where the challenges are, where you're doing well, and where you need to pay some attention. I love what you're saying there in terms of the categorization, but make sure that it's being held accountable for those categories. Because yep. you can spend all this time as, say, you're the business owner, and you go through and you set up every class, every, you know, you have your install, you have your maintenance, you have your office, you have everything, you know, your gas for your trucks, all of this. And then you have somebody in your office who's putting everything under general or right. putting it, you know, like you said, putting a, a maintenance run in an install bucket. 
And you're going, oh, right. why is maintenance not making any money? Well, because you're not attributing that money to the right spot. And it, it's, it's going to, like you said, it's going to make it so that you're kind of slamming your head against the wall because if you have the proper books and somewhere is losing money, now you know where to address. Now you know where to uptick your training a little bit and all that. So it all right. starts within that office and holding yourself and your office staff accountable for correctly classifying those expenses. Absolutely. And, and then allocating overhead is really important in that whole process as well. And making sure that you really understand your cost of goods. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, I've seen situations. I had a client one time who was running close to a 50% gross profit, but couldn't make any money. was mm -hmm. making no money on the bottom line. Right. And so he's just panicked and he's talking to me. He's like, I, I got to start cutting overhead. I mean, we got a great gross profit. We're in great shape. We got to start cutting overhead. And I said, well, let, let's just take a closer look at your P&L. And what I found is that he had some things down in overhead, specifically two items, financing uh, costs on the finance jobs and the burden rate on the direct labor. So the burden rate like on sales commission and install mm -hmm. labor. He had those things in overhead. Right. So it made his gross profit look like it was great, 48%. When we properly put those in the right section of the PL and cost of goods, all of a sudden his gross profit was down around 40 or under 40, mm -hmm. maybe 39 and some change. And the problem was not that he had too much overhead. The problem was that he simply wasn't charging enough to cover his cost of goods to get the gross profit he needed. And it was an amazing realization for him because he had things in the wrong place. You've got to make sure that you understand your true cost of goods and everything in there related to the expenses of installing or running a service call are in those cost of goods so you have an accurate picture, a true reflection of your gross profit uh, dollars and gross profit percentage. So that, that's, that's a big issue people got to be really, really careful of. Another one is that sometimes people don't allocate overhead expense to each department. In other words, maybe install has to cover 100% of the overhead. Well, that's a problem for a couple of reasons. Number one, let's say you got $100,000 a month overhead and you've allocated it to each department. And let's say your HVAC service has a responsibility of covering $30,000 a month of your overhead. That's the process you've went through, depending on what percentage of your business comes from there, what percentage of your labor costs go, go to that department. So you decide you're going to put 30% of your overhead, $30,000 in HVAC service. And one month, your service uh, manager comes to you and says, hey, boss, we had a great month in service. We did, you know, $75,000 at, or let's just make it an easy number, $70,000 at a 50% gross profit. Mm -hmm. We had $35,000 in gross profit in service. And so we're doing so well. I want some, I want some, I want some help. I want you to hire me an assistant. I, want, I, I should get more pay. I should do this and do that. Well, that's because that $35,000 in gross profit looks good. But when you go all the way down to the bottom of the P&L and you see that service is responsible for $30,000 of overhead, all of a sudden you realize service isn't doing so well at all. It made $5,000. And so it gives you a true reflection to make intelligent decisions about incentives, about compensation, about who you can and cannot hire and where you need to grow revenue. If all that $35,000 in gross profit just sits there by itself, it looks fantastic. So we have to have this delineation, the categorization classes we're talking about, the chart of accounts have to be accurate, the right things in the right place. It's the only way we can get an accurate picture of our business and know what the heck is going on. Yeah. If you're making a 50% GP on installs, like you said, but you're not making money or your service is doing 35 in GP, but 
really you, you're not accounting for it. You got to look back those books and find where the problem is because at those numbers, at those GPs, you should be making money. But you got to make sure that everything's classified, right? Because you don't want, you know, you don't want to hire somebody for service and then all of a sudden be like, man, we're, we're losing money now. Where is it coming from? Yep. It came because you didn't put the proper overhead with your service team and exactly. you just hired an assistant. I see these guys on social media all the time boasting about their gross profit percentage. And it's like, it's a smoke, it's smoke. It's, it, it's, it's like chasing a shadow. Right. I mean, there's you talk to 100 different people, you have 100 different ways people calculate gross profit. Right. Right. And so they could have a ton of stuff in overhead that makes their gross profit look great because it should be in cost of good. But they put it down in overhead because they didn't know what they were doing. And like, hey, I'm 60 percent gross profit. Well, let's, let's take a real look at it. pal. Mm-hmm. Let's look at a real close look of your chart of accounts and see exactly what that gross profit is. Yeah. And I think what's great about two and what you're talking about make sure you have an accurate cost of goods and mm-hmm. taking every little bit of it because you might think, you know, what are some of the things that you see that somebody, you know, you kind of mentioned whether it be finance or some of these other things, what are some of the other things you see commonly misclassified in kind of your dealings with people? What what are some of the things that somebody who's listening might think, Oh, Oh damn, that's, I don't have that in my cost of goods. Maybe, maybe I can take a look at my books. Yeah. So the, the two most common are the ones we talked about, you know, if you have $50,000 in direct labor expense, you have to know how much the burden is on that 50,000, right? It tends to run about 25 to 30%. That's the FICA, the food of the, the, the SUDA, the, this or that, the other, the health insurance, all that kind of stuff. You have to make sure that let's say if you got 50,000 in direct labor expense, you need to have probably around 15,000, 30% also in there for the cost of that employee for the burden rate. And all too often, that will get mixed up in just the health insurance and all the taxes and everything in the overhead. This all gets lumped together. That's a big one. Uh, the other one, uh, as we mentioned, is financing cost. Uh, people will carry the finance cost of jobs in their in their overhead. That's not right. Another one I see uh, very often, something as simple as permits. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as permits somehow just gets thrown into overhead. You know, I've seen it in situations where, where the direct labor will be accurate, but then there'll be some overtime pay and that overtime pay, instead of staying with that installer and his cost of goods, somehow finds its way down in like administrative salaries and that overtime ends up down in overhead. And so those are lots of little things that can happen. And part of that, you know, like we mentioned before, you get everything set up properly, but you know, it's the old garbage in garbage out type thing. If your service manager, let's say, is improperly allocating some labor expense or your install manager misallocating some labor expense, and it comes to your accounting department. Listen, the accounting department doesn't know, you know, all the details of what dollars should be charged where. They get it. No, it's supposed to be an overhead. He gave it to me and said it was overhead, so I put it in overhead. So we got to make sure we're feeding accurate information to our accounting department, right? Everybody, as that money comes through, as those invoices come through, expenses come through, everything comes through, you got to make sure it's all getting directed to the right spot. Now, fortunately for us, a lot of the software's have really gotten great at doing this, right? Mm-hmm. For example, you can click on when a job comes in, CSR takes the call, it clicks the proper department. And from that point on, everything charged to that job is going to be allocated properly. But you got to make sure you're doing training with them too, because if a, a service warranty call comes in and all of a sudden it gets uh, classified to service maintenance or something, you know, you're going to be looking at a false picture. I always tell people always, always have a warranty department for everything. Oh yeah. Right. And there's, it's always going to be a loser for you, of course, because there's never going to be revenue associated with it. But 
it will show you every month how much you're spending in each department on warranty. And the bigger that number gets, the more it drives you crazy and keeps you up at night. And so you'll eventually fix it. But all too often, I, I see contractors will say, oh, man, we just got too many callbacks. We got too many callbacks. And I'll say, well, how much does it cost you? I don't know. It's just too many callbacks. But if you have a warranty department, every hour, every dollar of material or parts and anything that gets charged properly, you see that big number. Then the month, $17,000 we spent this month on, on callbacks. That's a much more compelling figure than it just seems like we got too many callbacks. You've got to make sure and quantify the things like, like your warranty dollars because that will force you to fix it. If you just feel like you got a bunch of callbacks, ah, we'll get to it at some point. When you start seeing those numbers, by golly, It'll get you off your butt and get you to fixing it. The biggest question off this that I have, we have a lot of folks out there who go, well, my books aren't perfect, but I'm having success. I'm, a, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. In your mind, can you be a successful HVAC or plumbing or home services business without having your books in line? The short answer is I don't think so. The analogy I would use is let's take a football team. And let's say the football team won the game. But the defense was horrible. Wouldn't you want to know the defense was horrible? Wouldn't you want to know where you need to improve and get defense better? Or is it say, hey, we won the game. We don't care that our defense is last in the league. We won the game. The score at the end, EBITDA in our business, or the score in a football game, doesn't tell you the whole story. It tells you, yes, overall, you won the game. But if you want to get better, right, what if you didn't know for sure whether the problem on your team was offense or defense and you started tinkering with the wrong team, right? You started trying to fix your offense when your offense was crazy good, but your defense sucked. Uh, what if you lose a game? What if you lose money one month, right? Wouldn't you want to know whether the defense or the offense or special teams cost the game for you? So it's ridiculous to say we're doing fine. If you want to get better at anything, you know, it's the old saying, what gets measured gets done. You have to know where are you winning and where are you losing? What parts of your companies are thriving? What parts of your company are suffering? And if you don't categorize it, if you don't departmentalize it, then you're not going to know. And you're, yeah, you made some money, but what about on the month you lose money? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like to know where, where should I pay more attention next month? I mean, it's just common sense to me that you have to kind of know where you're winning and where you're losing. What part of your team is, is scoring points for you? And what, what part of your team is having turnovers? We need to know these things if we're going to make intellectual, uh, intellectually honest and competent decisions. Yeah, take it a step further. Don't be the person who looks at the box score to make decisions. Look at the film. Exactly. Look at the film. Yeah. Know what's going on. That's a great metaphor. That's a great metaphor right there. Why do we track statistics in baseball? Hey, we won. Who cares what any individual d- department, individual player mm-hmm. uh, has for batting average or earned runs? We don't care about that stuff. We won the game, right? I mean, baseball is a classic example of just, you know, a, a little point here, a little point there could be the difference between a Hall of Fame baseball player and, and a guy that, that, that gets kicked back down to the minors. We have to know what players on our team, in our business, it's our departments, which ones are winning for us, which ones do we need to work on. It's, 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 it's absurd to me to even think that you could run a business without this information. Find your winners and you can build off of those. Find your ones that aren't winning for you and you can improve those. All of a sudden, your company is going to start to grow and grow. And it's all because you set up your books correctly. It's not easy, but listen to some of Weldon's advice and you can get it done. I want to thank Weldon for coming on, taking the time out. It's great to talk with him every month. I want to thank our friends at Contractor University for partnering with us. Make sure to go check out mycontractoruniversity.com. Sign up for an account. Check out some of the learning modules they have, in-person classes, learning modules, technical modules. They have incredible content over there. Make sure to go check it out. 
And go check out Epic 2024. They just announced the keynote speakers, and there are some big ones on there. Make sure to check it out. And you can go meet the folks from Contract University out at Disneyland in California next year. Want to thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. If you could find a podcast, come on, just search Taurus Talk, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a leave us a little rating in there as well. Helps us get up the podcast rankings a little bit. Follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Use that hashtag Taurus Talk and get your questions answered. And as always, catch our podcast on our website and our mobile app, sgtaurus.com backslash Taurus Podcast, or click the podcast icon right there on the app. One well, thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Taurus Talk, powered by Ferguson.